No matter your holiday, everyone deserves a little winter warmer to spice things up this time of year. On today's show, we'll discuss the classic winter seasonal beer, its names and variations, its history, and some great options this holiday season. So come in and have a drink. to have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Okay, so we had a nice little thing going on this past weekend, well, yesterday, uh, or, to celebrate or, Repeal Day, yeah. our local brewery. Screw the amendments, good- repeal them all. Wait, <laughs> wait, no, don't do that. Uh, bad idea. 13th, <laughs> yeah, 14th, and 15th are kind of important. Uh... <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, but it was actually a chance for all the three of us to get together, plus Casey from the homebrew episode, to all get together in meat space and enjoy a few drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, our local brewery here in Covington, Kentucky, Braxton Brewing, was having a big block party to celebrate Repeal Day. Yay! Yay. Block parties uh, are typically a little bit warmer than it was there, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it was also the release of their bottle series of uh, stouts, which are amazing, because we got to sample some there, oh. and all the bottles I bought are now being cellared, and we'll finally get to try those in another couple of years. I'm just saying, if you have the, if you have the chance to try the vanilla barrel-aged porter, or stout, yeah. That was good. Yeah. I don't know. The coffee one was good, but... Yeah, the regular um, Im- Dark Charge Imperial Stout, like just a straight-up stout, the, and then the uh, Bourbon Barrel-Aged Vanilla. vanilla. Yeah. I think it's also a stout. Were yeah. my favorite yeah. ones. Oh, God, that vanilla. It's going to haunt my dreams. I think the coffee was where it was at, but, you know, teach their own. I didn't, yeah, the only one, like the regular Bourbon Barrel-Aged, it was okay. Yeah. The um, only one I didn't try was the coffee, but I was like, I mean... Hmm. Oh, this is because by that point we were we were done. I think I was done. I was drunk. So well. we were down there for six hours. Uh, well, after, until the last one tapped. So we were down there for like six and a half, going on seven hours of pretty steady drinking. So we were we were done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they also had um, guest breweries have their own stuff there, and it's like not typical stuff you would find yeah. in the store of theirs. New Belgian had their, uh, was it a barrel-aged uh, barley wine? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was pretty alcoholic and pretty delicious. Yeah, it was a, the pairings there seemed to all be, all the guest brewers were complimenting what Braxton was doing, 
and they were all barrel aged or they were sours. There, well, there was a sour. Or the barley wines. Yeah, there was a sour though that was aged in wine barrels, red wine barrels, and that I liked it. You guys thought it. That was all you and Katie. You thought yeah, it was garbage, uh... but I, I, I <laughs> went, man. You know what? I don't even like red wine, but this is kind. Of, it it yeah. worked well with the sour for me. Uh, I think it mm-hmm. was also a new Belgian. I think, was it? No, maybe. Uh, I- I'm pulling that up. Actually, it was no. So that that was um. Gosh, which uh, one was it? Hold on, Jackie O. <laughs> Jackie O. What what time was that? Was early. It was early in the day. Um, wasn't the auto? Wasn't the? I think that was the um. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was the new Belgium. No, no, that wasn't the Blackberry one. No, I'm lost. Hold on, Elf. No, that's what you got. You got the Upland um, Dark Wild Ale. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it was, yeah, the Upland, uh, the Dandelion. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at, like, the... Br- so they have a... What happened at the, the party was that they did a different tapping of their own stuff and the guest brewers. two hours. Uh, at a certain time period. So every two yeah. hours... Um, and so at noon, I, I really liked New Belgium's, uh, it was whiskey barrel aged blackberry barley wine. Yeah, no, that was really good. I'm just saying. That was delicious. I'm just saying you all didn't give that. Well, okay. Brittany gave at least a try. Chris just took a sniff of that thing and went, nope. I said no. No, I, I made him try mine uh, finally. Oh. Um, because I went, I actually went up and got a cup too. Oh, okay. And then. That that added on to my uh, evening because by three fifteen <laughs> I was drunk. By six thirty I I was not doing well. <laughs> I got yeah cheap what? because after I discovered all of the guest brewers, it was, they were charging eight fifty for a half pint of those beers. I got really stingy and was like, no, we'll just drink house beers and get full servings. I well. I also don't get to go to Braxton that often, so I I was still just doing doing house stuff. But the uh, most of the time, early on, I was still doing some of the the others. But every time a dark charge, a new kind of dark charge came up, I was usually up there going, "No, let's let's go." Yeah, every two hours when they would do that, suddenly the bar would get swamped because everyone's like, "Oh no, we got to try this one," because all the bottles they had sold out that day, and some of them sold out within the first hour, and they. I mean, they don't have any plans to make it again, so everyone was there trying to get their taste of it, and it was pretty crazy. We got in line just after 11 a.m., and the doors were opening to general public at noon, and the line was stretched down the block. <laughs> I I thought when we got there, I was like, oh, man, there's already so many people ahead of us. Like We're, we're going to run out of everything. We're not going to get anything at all good. And then I look behind us, and I see the rest of the line, and I went, oh, God! Yeah, it was... And everyone thought I was crazy for wanting to get there an hour before doors. I... Well, and we I, we left at 11. I mean, granted, we still got there pretty fast, but... I I was actually surprised we were leaving that late. I was like, man, we, we got here. Let's go now. I want to be at those well, doors... standing at, in line that long, like... I want to be at those we were, doors we were, at 10 we o'clock, <laughs> half drunk. <laughs> no, that was the other best part, is that... that and that's that probably what... That was maybe some foreshadowing to my day, but I started drinking while we were in line. Yeah, they so. had their because uh... <laughs> they're like, "Would you like a beer while you wait?" And I was like, yeah, 
I, of course I they would. They had their event trailer so. set up outside serving some of the core Braxton beers. So I was like, well, it may only be 30 degrees and no one dressed for this, but let's go ahead and start drinking. <laughs> Which helped, really. Um, and we all got, not all. I, I didn't. A few of I us couldn't, got the, uh... I couldn't hold things with my hands with no gloves. It was too cold. Right, right. It was, it was, so it was Chris, me, and Casey that got the uh, porter from Braxton. Yeah. Which is still a very delicious porter. Like, their house, it's like, I've yet to try a bad beer there at all. Um, and it, it, do anybody remember, is Jackie O's from Ohio yeah. or no? Yeah, there. So I think there was only, like, three, maybe four uh, breweries that weren't local there. There is Because they had Widmere Brothers from Portland, mm. New Belgium, of course, and then um, Upland. So I was just looking at the the uh, list. Yeah, well, mostly it was local, but it was nice to see some non-local in there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all right, that's all enough right. about us. I mean, <laughs> surprisingly, this episode is not brought to you by the Braxton Brewery. Um, <laughs> it's brought to you by your local brewers. Yeah, we had a great time, and we highly encourage you to look for anything like that happening in your area. Go down, try a whole bunch of beers. And have a really good time because by the end of the night, there's going to be a lot of drunk people, and people are just going to be introducing themselves randomly. So at your table, and they sit there for a while, and, making awkward small and, talk. And they take and may or may not take your yeah, pizza. they take your pizza and <laughs> walk away. All right, we're getting a little too real here. Let's move on to news. <laughs> okay, first story. Not really about beer, but it's about a process to do with beer and a related beverage. Uh, Caribou Coffee is going to become the first national chain to offer nitro coffee. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm taking back my previous statement. I, I said I'd drink anything nitro brewed, but I can't do coffee. <laughs> it's a caffeine thing, mostly. but <laughs> Some of us thrive on it. But Minnesota-based Caribou Coffee will be the first ever national chain to launch Nitro Cold Press, a premium version of its cold press coffee to... To two Twin Cities Caribou locations next month. So it's not going to be available everywhere yet, but it's mm-hmm. starting to roll out. I'm not uh, a huge I fan th- of their coffee, just in general. So I, I would try it out of curiosity if it came here, but I, I'm not a huge advocate of their stuff. Hmm. But just like in beer... The addition of nitrogen cold-pressed coffee creates very small bubbles in the beverage, which results in a smoother, creamier experience and mouthfeel. And that's really why, I mean, oh no, drinking my coffee, which I love, is going to suddenly mimic drinking my stout, which I love. Oh no. (laughs) The article does name-check the cascading effect similar to Guinness, and I'm like, yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, That's... select caribou stores will be outfitted with special keg refrigerators where customers can choose either regular cold press or nitrogen cold press, both served from a tap. So it's going to be poured like a beer as well. <laughs> and I and I thought some of the the nitrogen things will look, some of the the stouts will look thick when they come out of a kind of out of a tap. I'm just picturing what it's going to look like when you're pouring coffee off draft. Just <laughs> yeah. They are saying this won't be something you can do at home, really. Um, they're saying ideally customers will enjoy the nitro option in house, where the coffee is poured into a frosted pint glass and not over ice. 
This allows for the nitrogen to create a cascading effect similar to Guinness. For those on the go, the nitro cold press will be served in a to-go cup that has been refrigerated to help keep the cold brewed coffee at prime temperature. So during the winter, which we're in, if you happen to be in Minnesota and go to get one of these, you're going to be holding a cold cup of cold coffee. Which really means you should really want to stay inside, <laughs> or at least... If you're outside in Minnesota in the cold, and then they, they hand you a cold cup, and then... Yeah. No. And I'm just picturing fingers immediately turning blue. Just, <laughs> no. Doesn't sound uh, that cu- ideal. That, that cup freezes to your hand. It becomes part of your new life. Yeah, I think, I don't know. It may not be that cold, actually. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm picturing just the idea, like when we were we were mentioning being outside the other day at oh, the Braxton yeah. thing, and they handed up beer, and I'm like, no, I don't want a cold thing in my hand right now. I'm going to keep it in my pockets. <laughs> I don't. Frostbite sucks. Uh, <laughs> but this not I, I like I start the story off saying like, man, I'm, I'm not trying this, and then like. The first line describing this coffee just makes me go, you know what, maybe I've taken back my position. Maybe I, maybe I do want to try some. Might give that a shot. But yeah, I'll, I'll try it. Even though I don't even like iced coffee. I'm still there like, why are you drinking it cold? What's wrong with you? <laughs> do you really want a nitrogen hot coffee, though? No, no, that would... <laughs> I feel like that would be bad. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the next story where Dogfish Head is making headlines once again like they seem to always do making beer making headlines is their new tagline (laughs) but dogfish head brews hoppiest beer ever documented (laughs) okay i mean how hoppy can you make this beer like it's like they they make so many ipas like i'm just i can't imagine it's going to be like how how can you be stronger than how strong much stronger can you be than an imperial <laughs> IPA? It pretty much blows everything that's ever been made for shipping out of the water. The latest release clocks in at six hundred and fifty eight IBUs. Wow! And while that's... the average IPA lands somewhere between forty to sixty IBUs, take that it's more... in. <laughs> I mean, it's more just... hop than. It's more hop than beer now. You're just yeah. chewing hops at that point, aren't you? That's that. <laughs> you're just literally like taking a mouthful of hops and you're like, nah, nah. Like that. They, they did this on a dare. Like someone, there's a bet involved to have to make a beer that hoppy, right? I don't know. I, I, Sam's kind of crazy with this stuff. So at this point, I, I think he was just sitting there. Oh, like screw it. Let's just make because people probably being against IPAs like some of us are. He's like, no, let's just make the hoppiest beer ever. This is this is literally the 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 way to get me to drink that beer is to someone to go like, look, twenty bucks here on the table. You at least do a sip of that beer. I would drink it just to say I'd tried it. Yeah, it is going to be pretty rare. Uh, the new beer named Oh Lord. There's been some discussion about as to whether or not I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, no, that sounds right to me. I think the subtitle is, uh, this beer has given me the vapors. Um, <laughs> has apparently received scientific confirmation and documentation from two independent labs that it is, in fact, the hoppiest commercial beer ever brewed. That's not saying it's the hop... I, technically, I guess there could be some 
some crazed Unabomber beer maker that's mm. home brewing something out in that's that's you know literally just hops that he put water to. So I mean, there might be something hoppier than this, but this is the this is the most you can get commercially. Yeah, commercially. That yeah, it's being sold. I so, think that's when you go ahead and look I'm up the food and beer pairing situation and see what goes with an IPA, and definitely have something nearby just to like not destroy your taste buds with hops. Maybe I wouldn't eat anything with that that you plan on tasting because you're going to take one <laughs> sip of that and you could eat anything. That's. <laughs> Yeah, you you'll never taste anything that's not hops, for... <laughs> unless Good you're year. eating like a grilled hop. Well, that would probably go fantastic <laughs> with this. But the beer will be available on tap at Dogfish Head Brewings and Eats in downtown Rehoboth. I don't know how to say it. Delaware. Uh, I think it's... Let's just go with that. <laughs> it's at the main Dogfish Head uh, pub. Where they all I think started. it's actually, I think it's available now because I think they, oh, they yeah. did the December the 2nd. tap on December second. So, so it's it's available now. It's probably Go there, all gone. Try it. Uh, started with We're, a, okay. A special, We're too late. A special happy hour featuring uh, the Elstrom brothers of beer advocate fame. Uh, Sam was there doing hand paintings and signings of thirty six. There were thirty six growlers. There were the thirty two ounce growlers. Of oh lord, that will be available on a first come first serve basis. So yeah, those went out. The, yeah, that was gone. Um, they have a web series. I've not gotten into it yet. After reading this article, I was like, ooh, we have to get into that. But it's called called That's Odd. Let's drink it, <laughs> which showcases who lord in an epic battle of man versus. I could never say that right, but it's the hops anyway oh man versus lupulin yeah whatever i don't know factors ken mariano and joe also can't say that yeah uh, low tr- okay we're i'm very sorry yet another I, reason I to watch tried. it <laughs> yeah go find that the Just that's pronunciations odd. that's odd let's drink it with ken and joe <laughs> but they even say who lawed isn't for everyone but we've had a lot of fun and learned a lot about pushing the outer limits of hop dosing. That's not the outer limits. That's that's <laughs> that's drawing a line in the sand and saying this is where people will drink. It's drawing a and line then, in the sand and then just blowing the line up. I said, and then like pole vaulting to the other side, <laughs> like, and then hitting a trampoline and bouncing forty <laughs> more feet away, and like, yeah try it now and you're like all right that, that's that's the new benchmark let's go i want to try and find some reviews for this beer but yeah if uh you were lucky enough to try it please let us know how it was and if it obliterated your tongue yeah <laughs> let us know if there's a hop shaped scar on your tongue <laughs> all right our final story this week is from the world records fall at Flow Track Beer Mile World Championship. So, the Beer Mile, which is something we only learned about pretty recently. It was in the past couple of years. Not the Beer Mile specific, but the fact that this was a competitive thing. I'm, I'm still I'm still in the dark here. Explain this to me. They're uh, competitive 
running and drinking competitions. There are some like I'm, beer runs that happen here locally that I've been considering doing, but it's... Uh, you're, I feel like I'm already throwing up. You're <laughs> chugging... Right. The ones around here are relays. It's just like a back and forth. Where oh, you, well, you, the ones well, then we're doing this. Chug it, then you run a half mile to another table, chug another beer, run another half mile back, chug another beer. You just keep going until you can't go. <laughs> and the last person standing wins is how those work. But the beer mile is a time thing. It's four miles, four beers. And it's on a track, whereas here it's just like a section of street that's blocked off. But what they do is they start with a beer in their hand, and they've got to run and chug. Or you could just run and slow down and drink the beer. Either way, you have to drink a beer every mile. But they had their world championships on December 1st. (laughs) And the article reads, Records were shattered at the Flow Track Beer Mile World Championship on Tuesday in front of a rowdy crowd in Austin, Texas. Aaron O'M... Yeah, Aaron O'Mara set a new women's beer mile world record by drinking four beers and running four laps in a time of six minutes and eight seconds. I can't even run up four laps of a mile in six minutes yeah. and eight seconds. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> on the men's side... I can't do it in six hours, probably. <laughs> Certain point, I just... No, go on without me. <laughs> Leave me. But on the men's side, Lewis Kent lowered his own world record Finishing in 4 minutes and 47 seconds. That's insanity. Kent's previous world mark was 4 minutes and 51 seconds, which he set just two weeks ago. And that was going to be this original story until I cracked it open and started reading through. And I was like, oh, wait. It says the world championships were going to be on the first. I'm like, we're just a few days after that. I was like, so then I had to do a little digging to find this story. This this man, these these people are apparently the the Michael Phelps of, of... Beer drinking and running. Yeah. <laughs> I Jesus. I. It doesn't mention that they the, like puked or anything, so I'm just gonna assume that you know. Yeah. For them. It doesn't say anything about whether or not that's like disqualification. I'm sure it would be. They each got five thousand dollars for this, though. Hmm. I mean. I mean. All right. That's worth building up your tolerance. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Uh, I just I just don't like the idea of running with something bubbly inside my stomach. Yeah, right? I could just it feel I feel in my in my heart that that just won't end. But well. it's got to be some kind of lighter, you know, ale of some kind. I would imagine. Yeah, they're not handy here. Drink this old Rasputin and run. <laughs> right? <laughs> or yeah. even like they, it wouldn't be. I wouldn't imagine that even give them a lager or anything. Like probably just like, honestly, probably like a Budweiser. <laughs> Yeah, it couldn't be anything strong at all. But Kent uh, won the closest runner-up, finishing in second, finished with a time of 4 minutes 48 seconds. So it was actually less than a full second to the win. But uh, on the women's side, Omara broke the women's world record by 8 seconds. Man, I'm just picturing people just so far behind her. Probably on the ground throwing up, but mm. you know, eight seconds is a lot. Yeah, that's a wise. that's a pretty large time gap. Oh. Yeah, no, you're like, oh, we have them locally. Oh, it's a relay. So you mean like I run somewhere, then I drink, and then someone else runs? Because that sounds like something doable. Yeah, that's no, realistic. It's a, around here, the one that happens right around Oktoberfest is 
you run, stop at the station, chug the beer, slam it down, run back, chug. Just it's the back and forth. You don't have to run while drinking, which is what that one is. Yeah, but still, either one sounds like something I just I, I couldn't try. Yeah, those 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 people are heroes, is what I'm saying. <laughs> They're champions, and they deserve they deserve your respect, or at the very least, your mild curiosity about what they just did. Speaking of champions. We should work into our topic. <laughs> All right. I don't know how Champions gets us there, but... <laughs> don't call attention the... to the... <laughs> <laughs> to the segue. <laughs> Been up that truck. Seeking bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. No, uh, but it, it's... it's it, We're talking about winter beers today. It's... The winter beer season, it's the weather outside's not even quite frightful yet, but it's getting a little chilly, and it's time to uh, to drink some beers that may be a little bit spicy, maybe a little bit stronger. Uh, they're typically uh, typically this is the time of the year when people start throwing weird Christmas themed brews together, and so they'll they'll start throwing in a lot of uh, holiday spices, a little extra sugar. Uh, Something to make you think of some of those desserts you're going to eat around, you know, whichever your respective holiday is. Uh, typically, uh, they are stronger, darker, spiced beer, which uh, often has a warm, uh, warming finish, a rich body, and uh, it's usually a good companion to the uh, to the cold winter season. Yeah, according to the BJCP, which is the Beer Judge cert- Certification Program. Uh, your Christmas beers, the aroma, there's going to be a wide range of aromatics possible, although many examples are reminiscent of Christmas cookies, gingerbread, English-type English Christmas puddings, uh, evergreen trees or mulling spices. Any combination of aromatics that suggests the holiday season is very welcome. Now, now I'm just thinking about someone making a Christmas pudding that's in the f- flavor style of a beer, and I'd, I'd probably still eat it. Hashtag that, that would be great. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you you scoop that up with some gingerbread cookies. That's, that's all I'm saying. Or you get the uh, gingerbread-flavored beer, which Blue Moon put out this year and is quite tasty. I haven't had that one, but I feel like they could probably make a good gingerbread-flavored sort of... Mm-hmm. I am a yeah. fan. <laughs> But the base beer style often has a multi-profile that supports the balanced presentation of the aromatics from spices and possibly other ingredients. Uh, You can include some additional fermentables if you're making your own, or they may be thrown in there like honey, molasses, maple syrup, which you will see a lot of, and those will usually be on the labels like as part of the name of the beer. I mean, when you're throwing stuff, throwing those kind of sugars into it, like you you have to... You know, you have to just advertise it. It's like, no, molasses, come get some. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, and if you if you do have some of the the maple syrup in there, that's going to lend a lot of uh, oh, to the aromatics, no. like he's he's talking about. So, just imagine oh. a nut. You pop open a nice beer, and then it just smells like essentially pancakes with syrup. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're doing it this year. 
I, I think it was last year or the year before, Sam Adams had that, that maple. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I love that one. That was the one we got we, to try at Oktoberfest before. Yeah. Oh. And whenever I think of, like, something with that kind of style beer, that's my go-to, like, flavor profile that I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yes. Yes, this. <laughs> that one is very it, – yeah, it's not as easy to find anymore. Yeah, well, they they only put it out during like their their winter packs, so there's a chance it's in there. I haven't seen the Sam Adams winter pack it's yet. It's not this. Oh, yeah, they, they the pack, have two. The pack is dead to me. <laughs> I don't care what else is in there. It's dead to me. There's like one new flavor in it this year, which is like a champagne kind of deal. Oh and no, We're, the it's ch- dead to me. Chocolate one is in there. Um, uh... yeah. <laughs> I, no, I no, it. not enough. <laughs> yeah, it's still, yeah, nothing compares to maple. I mean, really. Yeah, but uh, when you have these such strong flavors included, uh, hop aromatics are going to often be absent, subdued, or slightly spicy. But mostly in these kinds of beers, you're not going to find much of a hoppy smell, or when it comes to a taste, this just not really going to be there. Right. Um, some fruit character can often be found, like citrus peel. Or something like raisins or plums will be in there. That's really not that uncommon. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, and then when we're talking about the appearance of the beer, it's generally medium amber to very dark brown. Uh, most of these uh, winter warmers are going to be the darker colors. Um, so some chill haze is acceptable, but gen- and then. Uh, has a, generally has a well-formed head that is often white, off-white to tan. Um, and as far as the flavor, uh, of course, we just mentioned some of the extra sugars and things that can be added in that lend to the aroma. And then the flavor itself, you have, again, the traditional spices. Um, you have a rich, malty, or sweet malt-based flavors. Uh, like caramel, toast, nutty, chocolate flavors. Um, You can also get some dried fruit or dried fruit peel flavors. Again, like raisins, plums, uh, figs even, or other kinds of citrus. And then um, some distinctive flavors like molasses, honey, brown sugar. Though, again, not everything is required. There's no specific of you have to make it this way or include these, you know, two ingredients. So there's a lot of variation when it comes to the winter seasonals. Um, and again, like he was saying with the aromatics, same thing goes for flavor. Uh, bitter, the bitterness and the hoppy flavors aren't nearly as prevalent as some of the other, um, maybe like some of the spring beers, for example, or some of the other ales you'll see throughout the year. You don't see that many uh, winter IPAs. No, they do exist, uh, though. Um, yeah. Traditionally, not not for the, like the the spicy winter warmers that we're tr- we're talking about right here. I wonder if that has, has something to do with like the season that you get the hops in, or or how that. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it may just be in- entirely that they they you know they don't associate. The, the, the flavor of hops with Christmas or no you don't get whatever, that holiday you you want to have that warm like cozy uh, and, and like dessert spiciness to yeah, it like you're sitting make, next to a fire or something you know the hops make something cool and refreshing like you think on a summer day that's what you want right to cool you down and in the winter it's like no you want something thick and substantial 
doesn't matter. Both of them are going to make you die of hypothermia if it's all you're trying to do to keep warm. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a... And we were just kind of saying that there there's a wide sort of different ways people will make uh, will make winter uh, winter beers. Generally, they, they have a medium to full body. They are they have a certain malty chewiness to them, usually. Uh, again, adding to that sort of thickness that we were just describing. Uh, and they're, they're actually not that carbonated, which, yeah, that, which makes sense. Again, we're, you're wanting a smooth, like, sort of like a sipping sort of thing. Mm. Uh, they, they're traditionally maybe a little bit, a little bit more alcoholic, but, you know, that, that's not a requirement. Yeah, um... Overall, balance is key, kind of how it is with all these different seasonal beers. But a well-made winter seasonal beer, uh, the special ingredient should complement the base beer and not overwhelm it. Some people, you you can find this in a lot of local brewers this time of year. They're going to go completely overboard with the molasses or the vanilla or something. And you're going to take a sip and go, oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lordy, Lord. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, the brewers should be able to recognize that some combinations of beer-based styles and special ingredients aren't going to work well together. And there are going to be some that work a lot better. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, you you want something, you know, like a... I'm trying to think of a good example, but, you know, when you're like more, more citrusy beers, you know, you're going to want something... That's where you're going to want to throw some nice complimentary sort of spices and yeah stuff like that with yeah they included a nice little bit in here i like it uh that the beer should read as spiced beer but without having to tell that specific spices are present yeah i really like you should be able to take a sip and be like oh i can i can taste them in there but they don't have to you know come out and say oh with you know this and this in it you can just tell the spices are in there without someone having to tell you right right and these (laughs) Just to be clear, because there's that part of my brain that thinks of it when we keep saying spice. We're talking like, like calm spices. We're not saying like yeah. someone's thrown in some like jalapeno into this. No, sriracha. Uh, no, although, sriracha. I need sriracha in my beer. I need that rogue that sriracha said, beer. That said, I've had some nice jalapeno pepper beers, but I wouldn't consider them very wintry. Although that would warm you up. <laughs> I think you would feel much warmer then, probably. But um, yeah, definitely. The, uh, I don't even know, dessert spice spices <laughs> that we're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, that's... Just lean, always lean towards cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, leading into that, uh, the guidelines also go over the characteristic ingredients for the winter seasonals. Generally ales, uh, some dark, strong lagers exist, though. Spices are required, uh, often include spices that you would generally find around the Christmas season, like allspice, nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, ginger, but there's no specific part of, or you don't necessarily have to use any very specific combination of those when making the beer. Um, You can also use fruit peel, such from like oranges, lemons, um, and these can be subtle additions of uh, other fruits as well. Um, Of course, again, like the the plums and, and things like that. Uh, and then the adjuncts are actually often used are uh, molasses, treacle, 
uh, I'm not sure what invert sugar is, um, but brown sugar, honey, maple syrup. Invert sugar. It's it's the inverse of sugar. It's it's salt. You throw salt. It's <laughs> like invert sugar. Okay. Checks out. Um, but it, and seems then, legit. I'm probably saying triacle wrong, but I've just been listening to a British audiobook. That's how I said it. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and it kind of goes back to like the carbonation thing. I think if you're going to be actually throwing molasses in there, you can probably expect not to have a super carbonated beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are planning on trying to, to make this yourself, uh, uh, all of the, your sort of readings, you know, how bitter it is, the gravity of it, the, the, uh, the ABV, all that's going to vary depending on what your, uh, depending on what your base beer that you're making is. Uh, but generally, they're somewhere from like six percent and 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 up, and they tend to be a little bit darker than than the, than the traditional coloring. Uh, now, there are some people, uh, and a lot of people agree with it. They they say that holiday beer should be served at around forty five degrees Fahrenheit. You know, cool, but not, you know. Not like, not ice, ice cold. Right, not freezing. Uh, it's warm enough to release distinctive aromas, uh, but you should also, you know, pay attention to sort of like your surroundings. Maybe if you're if you're uh, living somewhere that's a, a nice sort of like more temperate southern climate, uh, you can probably knock that down a degree or two. Get that, you know, get that to where it's not like drinking lukewarm yeah that nice <laughs> sorry i can't fin- i can't finish that sentence without without just no uh like yeah i mean it needs to be below room temperature but it doesn't need to be you know freezing i think is what they're trying to say and yeah that that makes sense uh because if you get if you do get it too cold that does take that will take a lot of the flavor out of out of some of the spices that you've got in there mm-hmm. All right, let's slip into a little bit of history. Throughout history, beer of a somewhat higher alcohol content and richness has been enjoyed during the winter holidays, when old friends get together to enjoy the season. Many breweries produce unique seasonal offerings that may be darker, stronger, spiced, or otherwise more characterful (laughs) than their normal beers. I'm picturing this as like the $6 million man of beer. They're just... (laughs) No. We have the ingredients. We can make it darker, stronger, spicier than it was before. I mean, that's fine by me if someone wants to make that beer. <laughs> it just it doesn't need to cost $6 million. Mm, no. Or whatever that is adjusted for inflation from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Spice versions are an American or Belgian tradition since English or German breweries traditionally do not use spices in their beer, which is something... I had known, but didn't really actually consider. Yeah, you know what? That I, until like literally those words left your mouth, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, yeah. Um, herbs, spices, and other flavorings have found their way into beer throughout the history of brewing. I mean, it's just kind of happened, and it's been delicious. <laughs> <laughs> They've served as beers bittering and flavoring agents before the use of hops became wide, widespread around the 13th century. Um, and then uh, before Prohibition, Christmas beer was little more than a standard brand that happened to be advertised in new paper, or newspapers by Santa Claus himself. After just, Prohibition, sorry. Oh uh, no, I'm just thinking of of, of essentially Coca Cola. 
Yeah, I know, Santa right? Claus push, but you now handing out beer. That just, just seems like, strange to me. Instead of a can of Coke, he's got a cold one for you. He just, what can I get for Christmas, Santa? Don't care. <laughs> Santa's getting buzzed. Well, like Coca-Cola is probably not that much better. It's like advertise alcohol or advertise like an absurd amount of sugar. No, no, we just wrote a new Coors ad. We're sitting there, the kid's on his lap, and Santa, like the mall Santa's just disgusted. He's sitting there with some kid on his lap, burning up, and he reaches behind no. and pulls out a cold Coors Light, cracks it open, and all of a sudden you see the breeze hitting him, and here comes the silver bullet flying in. Jeez. We've not we've not opened up a Coors ad. What we've opened up is a Corona ad. <laughs> Picture this. Santa. Mall Santa sitting there, kid on lap, probably just wet himself. Uh... Santa's having a terrible day. He reaches back, pulls a ca- pulls out a Corona, pops it open. Uh, and he's sitting on a beach, yeah. <laughs> still beard and everything, but like he's just sitting there in red trunks. Yeah, with the umbrella no. and the yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. You one can better. Corona. You can send me that money uh, <laughs> any day just, now. <laughs> I swear, if I see that ad, I'm just gonna look and go. They know. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but so uh, after Prohibition uh, and into the 1950s. Christmas beer was uh, a much more, much more than a slightly malty, slightly darker lager, kind of like a Merton style, kind of like like the Oktoberfest ones that we covered before. Mm-hmm. Stacks of red and green cases would attract lines of customers, and um, oh, that's some bit about a brewing company. It's not important. Um, <laughs> yeah, gradually changed their brewery name to Holiday Brewing Company just to sell more beer. Uh, it gradually disappeared until uh, Fritz Maytag revived the tradition at San Francisco's Anchor Brewing, which is kind of a, a big deal as far as breweries are concerned. Maytag, okay. of course, was the guy who was responsible for reintroducing steam beer, IPA, barley wine, and other varieties as he led the entire microbrewing micro revolution into the 21st century. Okay, I was going to ask who that man is, but apparently he's a hero. <laughs> yeah, that's indeed. Uh, I do have a little little quote down here from him, though. We've got some. Uh, where is it? There it is. Uh, I was aware of uh, the traditions of medieval villagers. They'd make special beers for various festivals. You'd brew beer for weddings, festivals, and other celebrations, and and certainly you'd brew them for Christmas. It made sense that a small brewery had. Uh, it made sense that a small brewery like that would kind of revive the the been revived by old world beer making traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they'd start you know focusing on trying to do a holiday beer. Uh, the only problem was they had no idea what it should taste like. Uh, eventually, he tried uh, going with a dry hopped English ale uh, that eventually became uh, the Anchor Liberty Ale, and that was first put out in around uh, 1975. Later, though, uh, t- uh, as a wedding gift, he made a, uh, or no, no, not a wedding gift, to celebrate his own wedding. It was still a gift for somebody. Uh, to all of us. He, cr- <laughs> he crafted a uh, bridal ale filled with, with herbs and spices. Uh, that winter, uh, they adapted that recipe to the Christmas, for their Christmas beer recipe, and it's been more or less the one they've used ever since. Uh, they've not said what it is exactly, but you can pretty much make out some cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, uh, spruce nibs, and uh, co- and uh, cocoa. They've all been kind of pointed out to over the years. Yeah, and Anchor being our the granddaddy of all modern brewers, 
Uh, many beer drinkers now think of Anchor as the prototype for all Christmas beer, which is deserving, but also means many likewise regard spice as essential to the style. Spice is nice, but that negates the likes of England's grand winter warmers. Why, it just wouldn't be Christmas without Samuel <laughs> Smith's Winter Welcome, which I saw stacked to the ceiling at our local liquor store, and I have to and go I back did- and get some. And I didn't see nary a one at the one I stopped at today. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll bring you some. But y- <laughs> okay. Young's Winter Warmer or American knockoffs of the style, like Bridgeport, Ebenezer Ale, or Full Sail Wassail, none of which contain even a sprinkle of spice. And now, I love that name. Yeah. I love that name, by the way. Ebenezer Ale? Yeah. No. I don't know, I like Full Sail Wassail. <laughs> it's were, also good. like, no, we're going to give you a mouthful to say. Especially when you're drunk. Can you imagine? <laughs> you're just going to sound so much worse. But uh, according to the article, uh, and what of Sierra Nevada celebration, a well-hopped pale ale. I actually had some of that just a couple days ago for the first time. Hmm. Really nice. Yeah, it's one like, of the few I, hoppy ones, too. It, it's it's hoppy, but like not overpoweringly so. Like It was enough that even me, a, a you know hop-hating heathen... <laughs> uh, I don't hate it, but, you know, it's not the flavor I go out for. And I just went, oh, let's try this. Oh, hmm. that is nice. Yeah, and the uh, the article talks about that there's kind of a problem with this. Uh, the problem here is with the attempt to set a standard for what is undoubtedly a personal tradition. We're all going to associate different tastes of beer and just different flavors all together with the holidays. Like, pumpkin pie was not something for the holidays. I never ate it growing up. It wasn't until I was fully grown that I started to associate it with the holidays. It's, uh, I like, though, that that one sentence invalidates our entire attempt to try to categorize what winter <laughs> winter beers are. I mean, and they just went... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the hoppy ones are the, that, the weird exception, though. I mean, generally, for the most part, you do have the spicy stuff. It's all a little darker, and then... You know, the imports don't have really any spice to them, but you still have that kind of warm, cozy bit. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, you know, it. I think it's, it's just it's a weird umbrella to try to put a whole lot... It's everyone just trying to put their own personal spin on what a holiday beer should be. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, no, do whatever. No, if keep you, experimenting, think... it's fine. I'll bring it over here. <laughs> <laughs> right here, I'll try it. Um... So it kind of goes in a little bit, actually, to uh, winter beer today. Um, so we kind of have a couple of examples of kind of how popular winter beer has become, like that style. So in Asheville, North Carolina, Highland Brewing Company has a cold mountain winter ale. They unveil it every November, just before Thanksgiving. And for the entire month, people kind of go nuts about it. <laughs> So, I like to imagine they call it Drunk Wednesday. Right? <laughs> um, it says the uh, the store, they raid the stores for the spiced amber brew, emptying the shells within hours or even minutes. Local bars are typically filled to capacity, and the party, release party, at the actual brewery, they had to actually make a shuttle service from shopping centers nearby to the brewery to accommodate the thousands who go to this brewery for this beer. 
which is kind of insane. Yeah, neat to also yeah. add in there that this started as like your traditional release party, which would just be kind of, you know, an evening affair. We're like, oh, come by and try it fresh from the taps and whatever. Tonight only. Yeah, it's a four-day event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it expand to... I mean, wow, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, there's... There's a different, there's, there's a sort of a different mindset for some of the companies that are making holiday beers, though. Uh, there are the groups that tend to try to uh, to tweak it year after year, where one year you're going to get an entirely different flavor from the one you're going to get a year after that. Or maybe not entirely, but, you know, they're they're experimenting and they're trying to, to do new things every year, so you, you want to come back for it. There's also the people, though, that, that make a style, and they keep making the same thing. Uh, you know, to, to, it's popular. People like it. They, you know, they knocked it out of the park on the first try. They're just going to keep it going. Why fix what ain't broke? Uh, <laughs> right. Great Lakes Brewings. Uh, they try to maintain the same recipe for the Christmas ale. Well, they they maintain it, but they, uh, uh, I think they're quoted as saying like, people love it, and especially in you know in their backyard. It's become such a big tradition that to change it would be blasphemy. Uh, I think people would be rioting in the streets. The, uh, I think it's the Christmas Ale, which became available in 1992, uh, has a nice warming 7.5% alcohol uh, by volume, and it's uh, a cinnamon, honey, and fresh ginger. Uh, and the la- they, they, the ginger they they steep into the brew kettle doing bo- during boiling, uh, and they say that the that now they 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 say they've never changed the recipe, but they use natural ingredients like raw honey, uh, and because of that, it you get some variation from year to year, just minor fluctuations. So people think that they are like, you know, toying with it a little bit, but they they seem to think it's pretty consistent. I don't know if I've actually had that one, and I've tried a, I've tried a bit of Great Lakes Brewing. Like they're one of the first uh, uh, non-big named brewing companies i was using i was starting to drink from you know not your something that's not the big two right in uh yeah in american beer well and it's uh, kind of a, a regional deal here you know it's just up in uh, cleveland ohio so yeah. i i've seen it it is everywhere here everywhere um and i remember trying it once but i don't i really couldn't tell you because we didn't used to be into winter beer as much. So I think this year we're really going to try to get out there and, and try as much of it as we can. Yeah, we they've always had a booth at Oktoberfest, but we've never really frequented their booth. And I do have to say that I haven't even had any of their winter beers yet, but they already scored points with me. Uh, there was a news story that was about to be one of our stories for this week. Um, <clears throat> they had a severely limited release that was going to be coming out of a holiday beer. And they scrapped it last minute. It was in bottles. It was on shelves, ready. Someone to go. did a quality test and went, "Nope." Well, they had already, shut it down. They had already <laughs> tested it, and they thought it was going to be exciting. That beer lovers were really going to like this. It was going to be, you know, kind of out of the ordinary, but it was going to be a sour stout. But they didn't intend for it to be sour when they brewed it. Uh, they didn't know why okay. it went sour. In the like, it was just a sour flavor profile. They didn't spoil yeah. or anything. And so they were like, oh, people are going to love this because, you know, they'll probably never be able to recreate it. It'll be really, you know, <laughs> people would go nuts for it. 
But then they decided last second people are going to go into this thinking it's going to be a stout, like a regular stout, and they're going to hate it. So yeah. they went. I think they went against their better judgment, and they yanked it off shelves, and they're not going to sell it. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm curious. Like I, I I'd want to try. Yeah. It, now but... it's like, oh, can can we get a hold of it? But I'm sure they ended up destroying it. Yeah. yeah. But as the GLBC points out in its brand fact sheet for Christmas ale. The tradition of holiday beers began in the Middle Ages when spices were commonly used instead of hops to add flavor and medicinal qualities to beer. And I can beer. see that also. It makes you strong. Also, your availability because hmm. winter comes around, hops aren't growing. <laughs> They're out there dying. Yeah, you got to find something else. <laughs> uh, but according to the GLBC, the style reemerged in the early 1900s in the northern countries of Western Europe when local brewers began creating specialty holiday brews for their favored patrons. Some commercial examples of these types of beers are going to be the Anchor, Our Special Guest, or Our Special Ale, Goose Island Christmas Ale, Great Lakes Christmas Ale, Harpoon Winter Warmer, uh, the Lakefront Holiday Spice Lager Beer, and Weyerbacher Winter Ale. I know I said that wrong. (laughs) But I don't know how to say it right. I've seen the Goose Island stuff everywhere, too. Like, just... Yeah. Speaking of Goose Island, <laughs> uh, our old brewer friend Casey managed mm-hmm. to clean out the Tri-County area. Uh, every Black Friday, <laughs> they do a Bourbon County uh, barrel release, which is severely limited quantities. I'm guessing he went out and he got it all. It was like six bottles were it. And then we got back up here, and I went to our liquor store to see. I, I, I walked in, looked at the guy, and I was like, shot in the dark, do you have any of the Goose Island bourbon cat? And that was all I got out, and he just stopped me right there and went, we sold out in 12 minutes. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, I, I do love the excitement, though, for, for just like that seasonal, like, look, it's a limited release, we're going to put this out, and then it's gone. And I know, like, in my head, I'm like, it means I won't get it. But I'm also like, it means people are excited, which is a good thing. Yeah. Or at least or at least one really rich guy is excited. Mm, yeah. Well, Black Friday, me and Casey went hiking. And afterwards, he's like, oh, you want to come back for a beer? He's like, I got a nice Hellas on tap. He's like, oh, it'd be great for today. Nice and refreshing. I was like, sure. And it was just, he just lured me back there to start shoving rare <laughs> beers in my face, knowing I wouldn't turn them down. Because he's like, oh, I got six <laughs> bottles of this. And he's like, "We're get, you can age it for up to five years in the bottle. And he's like, let's crack one open today just to see what it was like. It was very premature. I'm not going to say it was good, but it wasn't bad. Give it a few mm-hmm. years and it's going to be excellent. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, here's some of the founders, uh, Backwoods Bastard. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. They're just pouring this stuff. And he's like, oh, and I've made this and I'm working on this. And... <laughs> Before I knew it, I was drunk and had to order pizza so I could drive home. The, the day before, uh, two days before, I was actually up there at also at Casey's, and he had he had some of that back. Uh, the I was uh, he, the, the the bastard. He had some of that, uh, and he's also getting ready to work up on a cider, which was neat. I was yeah. watching him try to, to to check on the the uh, the sweetness. The sugar content of each of different apples that he had to mix together. It was it's pretty interesting. We'll have to get him to talk about it if, next time we do a home brewing thing. Oh, definitely. 
but in the meantime, we've got some winter beers that uh, that who was it again? Uh, Fortune. Fortune has a list of some winter beers that they think you should try out. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I've had I don't think any of these. Uh, <laughs> really? So uh, yeah, I don't think I've had any of them. Uh, winter. Yeah, I'm. I'm more extreme than you guys when it comes to winter beer. It's like I get like maybe one or two a year, and then I'm just like, ah, I'm fine. I'm just going to go back to regular beer. Yeah, we used to take this as the season to try and get back into a base beer to try and figure out, yeah. you know, what we would fall back into without the seasonals. But, but now it's it's become another one of the big seasonals. We're like, oh, we got to have this one, we got to have this one, and we just don't have time to find a regular standard to fall back into. Like our, we've been yeah. trying to branch out and like. No, and I'm yeah. and I'm using the show as an, as an excuse for that too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, let's start off with uh, again. We've mentioned it before. Bears mentioned it. Bears repeating the Anchor Christmas Ale. Uh, as they say, it's it's. They call it a nail. It's easy to confuse this year's recipe with a stout or a porter. Apparently, it's thick, rich, and chocolate. Uh, thick and rich with chocolate, coffee, and malt flavors. A little bit of citrus, uh, and apparently they recommend you warm it to nearly room temperatures. But I'm I'm going to say 45 degrees. Don't go don't go higher. And then uh, uh, it's got an ABV about five five and a half percent. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I do see with wanna... the cinnamon. It could go. I can see with the cinnamon being able to do it just a little bit warmer. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I'm, I just have a thing against room temperature beer. That's yeah. That's my thing. I'm like guys. Look, I know they say to do it, but. <laughs> Call, Do it at your own risk. Follow your heart. Follow your taste. Follow your heart. <laughs> follow your heart. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the ones we definitely have to add into like the create your own six pack. I think. Oh yeah, we've not done our big uh, winter shopping. We were waiting till this episode, so we knew what we were looking for. Hmm. But another one to add to that list is going to be the Sweetwater Festival Ale. Festive ale. Oh, festive ale. My bad. <laughs> Sweetwater Festivus. <laughs> I imagine it's a, a season of, like, amazing names as well for these, so... Yeah. But there are certainly spices in this winter ale, with cinnamon taking a front and center position. And sure, there's some chocolate and a hint of coffee from the malt, but ultimately, uh, the reviewer walked away thinking more of spice cake than anything else. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I love spice cake. I'm... Yeah, no, I was like, I'm about some spice cake. That... Seems a little higher than most other uh, ales of this season. ABV of eight point six percent. Oh goodness! Okay, I didn't even see that until now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, no, no. We're gonna, we're gonna. I'll, I'll get something that's higher. Talk about it later. <laughs> um, so oddly enough, I just realized this. Like next on the list is the only one on the list that I've actually had. <laughs> I, I tried it hey. last year. Um, I, mostly because sadly I loved the packaging. <laughs> it's so pretty. It, it Whatever guides your, you know, yeah. purchase of beer. I mean, the labels are made that way for a reason. Founders are very Fact. photographic. Very, I mean, you, the founders' labels. Once you've seen mm-hmm. them, you know it. It's burned into your memory. Like, oh yeah, the breakfast. Stout, breakfast you can, with yeah, kid. you can see yeah. the kid over the bowl of cereal eating away. Like you know what it is. Oh yeah. Um. So the, this next one is uh, Avery's Old Jubilation Ale. So, um, most kind of lean in on the spices, says that Avery prefers to focus on malts. This is a oh. beer meant for big, meaty meals. 
Mm. It's big and bold with dominant creamy malty flavor. Mm. A little bit of chocolate, um, but mostly it's a rich offering that celebrates the season in a unique way. And that's 8.3% ABV. I must find this beer. Okay, Justin, let's just get it out of the way and do it together. One, two, three. Mm. <laughs> our bi-weekly <laughs> uh, next up on our list we've got uh, Sam Adams Merrymaker uh, I I saw some of this today I really? decided not to, I decided not to pick it up I was trying something else for, for our, our what you're drinking section but looking at what it was now I kind of half wish I grabbed the other one but uh i've never heard of this like i i hadn't either but i saw it in the store and uh, this describes it as a thick milk stout and it balances coffee with the distinctive taste of gingerbread Uh as and it's like with a little bit of chocolate and i'm like okay i can get behind this uh said it's uh they say it's creamy and you need it needs to warm before you consume it so the flavors can truly explode Hmm. uh they also say there's a hint of fig and vanilla as well. Now, I picked something else, which I've been enjoying, and I'll talk about it later, uh, but both of them come in around 9%, so at the very least, either way I was going to go today, I was still going to have a 9% beer. <laughs> now, is this uh, one one of the ones in the bigger bottles? I don't I don't recall. Okay. Uh, I just kind of saw it in passing and went, Merrymaker keep that in my mind for no actually no it's in a regular size bottle i can oh. kind of half picture it right now okay, it's in like six packs so, yeah okay okay i, I want to get it as a create your own because i'm scared it's, of the gingerbread that might have been where i saw it is that it was in a create your own aisle mm. uh next to like the regular winter lager and something else but yeah it, it was one of those i went i could i could try this uh, I also didn't think I could chill it in time by the time I got oh, here. Yeah. Although, they recommend it warm. Uh, I'm okay with starting cold and then letting it warm itself up. Yeah, the profile would change as you're drinking it. That could be really nice. You yeah. drink it slowly, so you're starting off cold and refreshing, and then it's warming as you're warming as the alcohol gets into your blood. Because because of my dumb, uh, my dumb knowledge of... Uh, uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s music, I'm now just thinking, you know, warming you softly with this beer. Oh my god. <laughs> warming you softly with, with this beer. beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my goodness. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna have to tr- split a bottle of that, because yeah. I can't express to you how much I don't like ginger, <laughs> so mm. I'm worried is it, about is it, that. It, do you hate ginger directly proportional to how much you love uh, you love pumpkin? I think that's not, a yes. She won't drink quite. ale late, yeah. if that tells you anything. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of... I can't even drink ginger ale. Uh, I don't like from, ginger snaps. I don't like gingerbread. If you're, from, if you're from Kentucky, you just gasped at that statement. Ale late <laughs> is our ginger soda that's only available in Kentucky and is amazing. Uh, there's, I think there's a couple other states it might hit, but like they're nearby. I can have ginger if it's hidden in like a chai tea or a pumpkin pie or in the, the naked juice green machine because you don't taste it literally at all. Because there's like kale and things overpowering yeah. it. But, and, I, and it sucks because I know it's really, really good for you, but I'm against it. 
Like it just—it's so bad. All right, moving on to the next in our list, we've got the Shiner Holiday Cheer, and Shiners really—they're going to show up everywhere, every season for everything because they're just (laughs) one of those brewers. But hands down, the sweetest of the holiday ales. Uh, They seems that this is closer to a Dr Pepper or cherry wine soft drink than a beer. Wow. Does the peaches dominate the flavor profile here? Uh, if you're mm. a craft beer veteran, this may not appeal, but it's a good entry beer for newcomers who want to try something different. Uh, I was going to say, there's actually, I know several people, they're like, I'm just not a beer drinker. And I'm, I'm like, I mean, maybe that sounds like something right there to like, look, let's get you, get you in the ballpark at least. Yeah, it seems like it would be a good way to start working them into the seasonals uh it's even got a lower abv it's only at 5.4 percent yeah it's pretty basic Hmm. uh so the other one uh one of the other ones on the list here which i i swear i've only really recognized this brewery this year for some reason yeah they've shown up everywhere this year i had on one of our previous episodes i was having their oktoberfest or barktoberfest right right I mean, they how do you may... argue with something that's got little puppies all over it? Um, they, they, maybe they've been around for a while, but maybe, just maybe, they're the Kool-Aid man of beer. They're just kicking in the walls <laughs> going, oh, yeah. Maybe. Well, except they're all dogs, you know. So. The labels are great. Oof, yeah. All over the labels. That's why I bought the Oktoberfest. It was like Barktoberfest, and it was like a graveyard, and there were dogs everywhere. And I was like, no, we're getting that. <laughs> all right. Um, but, so this one's called, it, the brewery is Thirsty Dogs Brewing. And it's the 12 days of Christmas. Or 12, I'm sorry. 12 dogs. 12 this is dogs. the 12 dogs of Christmas. <laughs> 12 of Again, with the names. Thanks, um, thanks. Uh, what? So oh, more, dogs. Uh-huh. Oh, dogs. Yeah, I like dags. <laughs> Jeez. Um, okay, so much more along the traditional holiday beer lines. It's a spice-intense offering with lots of cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger. Loaded with caramel intense malts and is perfect for sipping near a roaring fire with an okay. ABV of 8.3%. Uh, it's like, who has who actually has a roaring fire nearby I that's not one. Nick Offerman? I was saying Nick Offerman. <laughs> yeah. Who's not no, Nick Offerman? Uh, no one. No one. I've watched that video so many times, I've begun to try and calculate the cost. <laughs> because in the beginning, it has the nice little montage to bagpipes. And it has him sitting in a room where there's a shelf full of bottles of Lagvalin. And I'm like, no, uh, that's like $5,000 in whiskey sitting on that shelf. Uh, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, everyone, uh, this has nothing to do with, with beer. But go find uh, Nick Offerman's Holiday, whatever it's called. Yule Log. Uh, Yule Log. Nick Offerman's Yule Log. And it's 45 minutes of uh, Nick Offerman, who you may recognize as Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, uh, just sitting there, drinking whis- drinking scotch next to a roaring fire in silence. In this gorgeous for- leather chair. Yes. With, like, for- this nice outfit on. With the most content smile on his face you've ever seen. He just I- sits there, and he sips the scotch every now and then. I mean, if you were sitting next to a roaring fire drinking scotch for 45 minutes, you'd be smiling too. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, you can just see the smile through his whiskers. And it's just I just watch it and it makes me content and happy. If if you have to put on like a fire log Yule log thing on your TV, like you know they have it on Netflix to yeah to watch that, do this one instead. Just put it on loop. Just keep keep going. Anyway, more about the twelve dogs of Christmas. Is there more? No. 
Oh. <laughs> no more about done. the 12 dogs of Christmas. Imagine, uh, though, there were a dog in uh, the video. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, okay, I don't, I don't actually know how to pronounce half the words in this next one. <laughs> oh god, or, I'm sorry. <laughs> or three quarters of this one. So, we're gonna try it. Give it a shot. If, if you don't know it, uh, go find the, uh, go find the, the ar- article at Fortune. I believe we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. So, uh, that'll at least help. Uh, I'm gonna say, I wanna say Brazier, but let's say, uh, Brazerade. Jebison's Galdus Noel. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh if you want to take an express route to holiday cheer, uh apparently this is what you need to try. Uh it's a twelve percent ABV. Ooh. Uh it's a Belgian dark ale full of spice, uh mostly nutmeg, no cinnamon though. Uh and uh they don't overpower the distinctive banana like flavor of the yeast. That could be a bad thing. You know, banana-like flavor in your yeast could be a bad thing, but uh, apparently you should be prepared for a slight burn on the finish. Oh my gosh. At 12%? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, get, you should. You want some holiday cheer? Here's some 12% ABV. You're not going to care what it tastes like. I would wor- I'm like, I'm worried that it's like just nutmeg-flavored fingernail polish remover, like some of those intense Ooh. beers end up being. <laughs> I, some golden I don't know. I, mm, yeah. Okay. Look, I've had I've had Golden Drac recently. Like again recently, I guess, but it it it's not quite nail polish remover. Uh It's certainly strong. <laughs> it's an, it's it's up there. It's definitely it's kind of hardcore. You got to be yeah. you got to be ready for that. I may have already been drinking and had a nice uh nice burger in me by that point anyway. So Well, that would have Yeah, see, we didn't need anything with when we actually tried that. It's so been I feel a few like years didn't help. since we tried it. It's really been like four or five years since we had gold. Uh, next time you guys, next time you guys pop down into Lexington, we'll go to. They, I think they have it on draft at uh, Hopcat. Oh, so. All right, let's finish off our list. The last one on here is going to be the Grand Teton coming home. <laughs> this was the 2014 variant, but brewers will often re-release their year, like year date versions, yeah. of certain beers. Uh, Stone's doing it a lot this year. They're doing a lot of like throwbacks, and you're seeing a lot of their older beers come back. But the Idaho-based brewery will presumably be offering a 2015 version of this Belgian Quadruple. Some stores cellared oh. last year's offering and have it for sale now. So you can actually get the cellared version of the 2014, which might be very good. Uh, the beer seems to have benefited from this time. It's a mix of malty chocolate with spices that have been bottle conditioned. Wow. Uh, they're saying Just to kidding. expect a big taste with a touch of earthiness mixed with toffee. Hmm. That sounds so, wonderful. Yeah, it's going to be about 10% ABV. That, okay, the earthiness. Yeah. We've, had, we've <laughs> talked about the earthiness. Sometimes you can get tastes, too earthy a beer. Slight bit of dirt. Tastes like dirt. Yeah. yeah. Just a slight bit. <laughs> It, I don't care if it's dirt that also has toffee and cinnamon. I'm like, well. <laughs> I'm just thinking that if it's been bottle conditioned, its hair will be manageable and soft. Yeah, it's <laughs> correct. <laughs> that's going to have tamed it a bit. Gotten a nice conditioner on it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta drink first, then rinse, and then apply the con- bottle conditioner, and then repeat. <laughs> and then repeat. 
Yeah, that that sounds really good though. We got to look for that now too. I mean, the list. This, so this generally this list looks uh, pretty good. Yeah, it seems I mean, to be so a good, at least got some good place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Beer Advocate seems to have uh, a nice other uh, list if you'd like to look it up. We're not going to go into that one. There's a hundred entries on that. It's their top 100 rated winter warmers. I mean, if you wanted, we we could do that. It would have to be its own like three Separate, episode yeah. series or something. <laughs> no, no, we just do one episode where we just read names. And like 25% of them we can't pronounce anyway. Uh, yeah, and that'll be half the joke. It's just us going, um... Yerderberg, de hearing, de hearing. Don't speak stout. German or Dutch. Why are you doing this to me? But yeah, the, right. um, that'll be linked in the show notes. So, fear not. <laughs> and I'm not a feared. All right. Well, uh, do we want to get into now what we are drinking? Yeah. No, I think so. I think it's the perfect time. <laughs> Drink with me, friend. All right, so we kind of, uh, I don't know if this is cheating or what, but we um, we have one of the big, I guess it's actually a pint. I didn't really, I, I don't think I ever realized just how much of a pint is, you know, but um, 9.4 fluid ounces. So it's one of the taller bottles of beer, and it's the Omegang Brewery's Game of Thrones beer called Take the Black Stout. Uh, 7% ABV. I'll take whatever black stout you hand me, just give it here yeah and so chris and i both decided to drink it because it's again one of the the nice big tall bottles but um it's it's pretty good um they it actually specifically mentions on here that it's ailed or gosh it's ale brewed with star anise and licorice root Hmm. so actually that kind of just explains a bit i really liked it um to the point that i finished it before we were halfway through the episode Wow. Um, yeah, I've been staring at an empty glass and looking at the fridge and the single tear. Longingly? <laughs> just, no, not like this. I absolutely love the description. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but like it starts with, A stout as dark as the winters that once engulfed Westeros. <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm just saying, do you pour a little bit of this into your direwolf's uh, <laughs> water bowl? Let him, let him lick this up? <laughs> I'm just finishing mine up yet now, but it's good and it's um it's very it's a bit of malt there uh, and pretty chocolatey, a little bit of bitterness at the end. Pretty good. It matches our flavor profile for the weekend of drinking nothing but <laughs> imperial stouts and barrel aged stouts. Yeah. Well, that that quiet sigh that I just gave is me taking another drink from uh from a local brewery. Uh, from West Sixth Brewing, uh, literally, I could walk there, and I could have walked there and bought this. Uh, nice. Like they are under a mile from me, I believe. Uh, but this is their Christmas ale. Uh, I don't know the complete details about what they've got in there, but I can. There's some spice here to be sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's some. Uh, pretty sure there's a little bit of ginger. There might be some. Uh, there's. I think there's some cinnamon here. I'm not 100. percent I'm excited to try that one. I it's, really like uh, a lot of what West Sixth is putting out. Uh, I talked about man, they it had, back at Oktoberfest, but their Oktoberfest yeah, was, was my favorite Oktoberfest. I was going to say, the Donka chain was off the chain. It was good. <laughs> it was. It was really good. I'm ex- I've am i already seen the Winter Ale. I saw it 
at the liquor store this weekend. I didn't pick any up yet, but it is now on my list. Yeah, it's their it's their Christmas ale. I kind of want them to also put out Hanukkah ales in eight packs, but um, you should look up some Hanukkah ales because in our research we discovered they are a thing, and some of the bottles are hilarious. They're wonderful. I mean, <laughs> the chosen I'm not Ju- beer for crying out loud. I'm, I said I'm not Jewish, but I have. I, I'm just like I want to try it. No, one of them. It was their thirteenth year producing this <laughs> style of beer, so it was the bar mitzvah beer. Mitzvah beer, yeah. I mean, it, you know, you gotta you gotta come at it from an angle. You know, it's just, <laughs> it just works. Uh, but yeah, uh, by the way, this one is as I mentioned before. It's a nine percent nine percent ABV beer. Uh, they do have a nice little thing like Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Joyous Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus, and Cheers to the New Year. And I'm like, that's that's a nice little thing to go on their packaging. I've got nice. like five, I've got five more cans uh, because West Six does their stuff in cans, uh, with their nice duck friendly, uh, wildlife friendly six pack topper. Right. So where you got to wrestle the can out of it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You got to fight it, but at the same time, I'm like, look, I'll fight if I have to to keep ducks and fish safe. <laughs> I, I get that. I get those cartoon images of them getting caught in the the rings and dying, and I'm like, no, yeah, not again. Uh, all right. Well, we got any. Uh, I think that covers everything we're drinking, since there's only the two styles. Right. Yeah. Again, uh, kind of cheated. Um, got any announcements? Yes. So uh, the website now has a donation page. If you'd like to help us, perhaps maybe get a better audio setup for the show. Um, please contribute what you can at haveadrinkshow.com slash donate. Anything at all will be greatly appreciated. Yeah, we're we're trying to build this up and start improving our audio quality. We realize it's not, you know, perfect levels or professional levels. But that kind of stuff requires uh, a bit of money up money. front. Yeah. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing what we can with what we got and... You know, I think we're doing, we at least, yeah, I think we're doing at least okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have, you know, at least external USB microphones, so, um, yeah. but yeah, we always, always room to uh, improve any kind of setup like that, so. And you don't, like, I'm, you know, we don't want to say, like, oh, please, you have to give us something. But yeah. if you if you do, if you, you know, if we've given you some enjoyment, you know, give us a little bit of something, it's whatever. Thank you. Uh, would like to point out, though, uh, speaking of, of thanking people, uh, oh, no, sorry, that's not my part. <laughs> I, I have been drinking. Just always my excuse when I do something wrong. Uh, although, uh, if you'd like to see more times when I've been wrong, go to the website, and, uh, you can, there you can find our show notes, uh, you can follow us on our, uh, untapped or other social links, uh, Find the SoundCloud for this show. Uh, links to the Facebook page. Uh, if you have any any emails you want to give us, any feedback, we're always happy to hear it. Uh, just email us directly at feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Yeah, and always, since this is my part, we would like Look. to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and Lynn Peralta for the album art. And you can find links to their stuff on the episode page of the site. And remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher, and please rate us on iTunes to help us spread the word. That's very important. <laughs> the links to subscribe can also be found on the site. 
spread us like a nice fine butter to all your friends. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. Okay, I've been drinking too much. All right, I think again nine percent, guys. I think we need to end it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, uh, check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. And I'm Christopher Walker. See you next time. Bye. Bye.